Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Kick off our 25th year of this program. Wow, 1998 we started. End of this year, we'll have been doing this for 25 years. It's kind of amazing. Uh, We also will be back on the fan at our regular time. I know we've had a lot of football games and moving around, but our main home is still going to be 104.3 The Fan every Saturday from 9 to 11. But when there's a game conflict, like the Broncos got moved to Saturday, we will come over to our our home away from home here at 1600 ESPN. We love the guys. Michael does a great job behind the board here. And hopefully you follow us and you can listen to the podcast and listen online if you don't get the broadcast. We're going to talk a lot of ice fishing today. You know, winter did not come, and I've been off for two weeks. We didn't do a show Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Winter did not come. Winter did not come. Now it doesn't want to go away, but we might get a couple warm days coming up. But We're going to have some really cold nights. I did some driving around, checking some places. We'll talk about that. Our guests are going to come on. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about waterfall. This weather is going to present some incredible waterfall opportunities. And we'll talk some shooting sports. And during the course of today's show, as we go in and out of breaks, um, we're going to play cuts from a new EP slash album that myself and Mark Dobreth just released. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's all over. And uh, we'll play you some clips. We'll tell you how you could stream it if you think it's any good. If you don't want it, that's fine. Anyway, let's go to the phones. And joining us, somebody who's always good, Mr. Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing well. Uh, I, I went out driving around yesterday, and it finally feels like winter, my friend, at least down here in the Front Range. The mountains have had it for a while. We're going to have some hit and miss conditions. Some places are going to be really good. Some places got so much snow there might be slush. Uh, but I know we're going to talk about a lot of those places. But before we even get to that, I think you have a special guest you want to introduce. Absolutely, Terry. You know, I'm actually up here in Grand Lake right now doing the same thing that you're talking about, doing some condition reports. But I just stopped by uh, what I want to introduce as one of the ultimate partners of Ice Addiction. Everybody's heard of Ice Addiction, our tournament series. We have a new title partner this year, and it's the Colorado Cabinet Adventures Ice Addiction event. Uh, we've teamed up with the folks at Colorado Cabinet Adventures who are located right on Shadow Mountain, right here in Grand Lake. Um, and they are an unbelievable resource lodging and really your home for destination uh they've been a part of you know all outdoor you know adventures up here and they are the title sponsor bringing you seventy five hundred dollars cash at ice addiction uh and i just wanted to bring him on the phone i have got seth the manager right here just wanted to introduce him uh and let everybody know you know again terry we we love partnering with people that love the outdoors as much as we do and seth is definitely one of those people hey for sure terry first i want to thank you for having me on the show and love you love your show uh, Nate as well. Um, you know, we're in the heart of the Rockies. We're your ultimate Vista destination. We're um, where you need to be. Location works great. We're right off US Highway 34. Anything you guys want to do up here, kayaking, snowshoeing, um, four-wheeling, snowmobiling, fishing in the summer, hiking, all of this stuff. Um, you guys come and see us. We'd, like, we'd, we'd love to see you. Hospitality is what we do. Uh, and just really happy to be here. Seth, I'm really glad to have you in the show. Thanks for being a fan and listening. I, my only apology is we had to bring you on with Nate, but we'll we'll overcome that. 
<laughs> no, you know, Nate is our longest-running regular contributor that's on every week, and he does a great job for us. So, so Nate, take us through. You and Seth, tell us about the place. I mean, the biggest thing I think that, that's cool about it is, you know, Terry, anytime you come up in any mountain destination, so many places will be open seasonally, uh, you know, and they, they close in the shoulder season, so they close in the winter. And Colorado Cabin Adventures, I mean, it says it in the name. It is about the adventure. So, so like Seth said, I mean, whether you are ice fishing, snowmobiling, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing in the winter, they're open for that. You know, summer, obviously, you know, all our destinations in the summer is huge. But then their hunting opportunity is everything. Loaded right here, you know, in Grand Lake. So you have Unit 18, which is over-the-counter, you know, for elk. So they're in the heart of elk and deer hunting, and they have ultimate cabins. You know, when you talk about hunting, lodging, people are like, oh, I don't want to have to camp. I don't want it to do this. But you avoid going to a hotel where you have money boots and you know if you harvest an animal what do you do with it these folks here at Colorado Cabin Adventures are set up you can have your own cabin they're okay with you having animals around um, I mean it's really the, the ultimate for that and then obviously ice fishing we're up here for our Grand Lake event and you can snowmobile right from their place you can access you know the Shadow Mountains or have a river running through their property I mean we can let Seth kind of tell more about it but just an awesome location and more so just with the management set for sportsmen Nothing is deterred. They don't mind the the Jeeps and the four-wheelers and all the stuff that we all thrive on. Um, and that's what I think is so neat about it. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we love the love for outdoors. We love anglers. We love uh, the outdoorsmen. Uh, we want them up here. Uh, this is the perfect place for it. Um, we've got 13 units. Uh, they're, they're awesome. Lots of, uh, lots of uh, independent variety to each building. They've all got their own kind of fingerprint, per se. Uh, they're fully equipped, kitchenettes, fireplaces, plenty of sleeping arrangement, uh, and we're right on the North Fork of the Colorado River. So even if you just want to throw a pole in the river right here, you can do so. And I know, you know I'm not a super big, bad hunter, angler. I'm still learning, guys. Uh, but you know, sometimes it's just nice to be able to be comfortable and, and toss your pole in the water. So, um, uh, again, excited to be on the show and, you know, really want to share our information. You know, Seth, why don't you tell people, uh, I'm sure you've got, web pages, Facebook pages, contact information. Make sure we get that out before we're, we let you go. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to introduce my wife here. She's uh, pretty much the uh, heart and soul of this business. Her name's Cricket, my wife's Cricket Vincent, and she, she's going to share some of that information with you guys right here. Hi there, Terry. Morning, Cricket. You know, Cricket, before uh, you even get started, I know about the woman that's supposed to be behind the scenes being the heart and soul. My wife produces my radio and television shows. And the unfortunate thing is she doesn't stay behind the scenes and she becomes the star of the show. It kind of aggravates me to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, I tell you what, when, when we hang up the phone, uh, my husband right here is going to be in really big trouble because we purposely introduced Seth and we're kind of leaving cricket in the background. And then now that we're live, we decided he had a new idea here. <laughs> well, we, we know you can handle it <laughs> well i'm sure gonna try so definitely you are you are correct our social media please follow our facebook page and you're going to find us online at coloradocabinadventures.com coloradocabinadventures.com and then facebook the same thing colorado cabin adventures yes sir it is and throw out a phone number just so people hear it sometimes they'll pick it up off the podcast too Okay, great. It is 970-509-0810. I'll say it one more time. 
509-0810. And you can always shoot us an email at info at coloradocabinadventures.com. All right. Cricket, thank you so much. And we know who runs the place. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nate, while we've got them on the line, what are the conditions up in the Grand Lake, Grand B area? I mean, that's it. I know, you know, obviously we have our event coming up here in later February, but probably the big talk of the town is the Three Lakes tournament coming up here, you know, a lot quicker than than the ice addiction event. Um, And everything did freeze up a little late. So we froze up a little late. And then, you know, kind of the, the biggest thing is they got a lot of snow on top of that new ice. So depending on where you're looking at between Grand Lake, Shadow, and Granby, um, they are ice fishing, all three of them. I just drove by, checked things. Um, the, the biggest thing is to use extreme caution. Uh, not running machines on really any of them yet. I mean, I know I've heard a couple stories of some guys running some machines on Granby. But in reality, uh, we're going to need it, uh, just a little bit more time before we really get into that situation. If we had the, the the solid ice without snow and you could really see what was happening, uh, you probably have some availability to be doing some more moving around. But now that we have fresh snow on top of that newly formed ice, you just can't quite see as well. So we encourage everybody go a little slower, check the ice more often um, just because you can't really see what you're getting into. So the good news, we have ice. There, there's fishability on all three of the bodies of water right here. So that is great. Uh, the biggest thing that, again, we're kind of you know pitching to everybody is use caution, move slow, go by foot uh, just so you know where you are getting onto. But with that, fishing is good. I spent the most time on Grand Lake. I'm actually sitting here right now watching anglers catch fish um, and, and anglers are doing very well at Grand Lake. I just saw guys catching brown trout, rainbow trout, and lake trout. So exciting about that. Um, I know there's a lot of good shallow water rainbow bite going at Shadow Mountain right now, and then obviously uh, all of the above at Granby. So that's kind of the current condition. Um, I do think that we, we have some very cold coming up, which is only going to help us build more ice. Uh, but, again, it is slower growing when you do have that snow on top of it. So, uh, again, more than anything, everybody use caution. And, again, I encourage everybody uh, do a lot of foot travel now now until that ice gets a little bit thicker. You know, Nate, I think that's going to be the situation almost everywhere. I kind of made a statement before the holidays when I took a couple weeks off that we were slow forming ice, even in the mountains, and that we were going to have some great ice fishing opportunities. But my biggest fear that we have such a pent up demand that people are going to get careless. And this year is not the year to get careless. And I think I know you've been out exploring a lot. Um, Maybe we could go through Well, we still have a little time left. Let's kind of go through some of the other things you're seeing out there. Absolutely, Terry. So as far as like the the general ice consensus, uh, I got to talk about the front range just because I know people are going to go out there. I I don't want to avoid the topic. I'd rather just address it and make sure everybody's safe. Chatfield has ice, but by no means is it really fishable. Um, I've seen a few guys out on the north boat dock, but even that, they are creeping out on extremely thin ice. So the the north shore boat dock, uh, when I checked it now, again, this is, you know, over 24 hours old, but we were only looking at two and a half to three and a half inches of ice in the boat dock cove um, and the rest of the lake was thinner so Chatfield really does not have that fishable ice there are anglers fishing Cherry Creek but again that ice conditions are, are definitely on the thin side um, we're seeing ice conditions on Cherry Creek between 3 and 5 inches uh, but obviously front range ice it was warm yesterday 
Cherry Creek does have some, obviously, some water flow underneath as far as current, uh, springs, things like that. So the front range, um, I would love to see us build a little more ice before we really start hitting that hard. Uh, but there is ice there. If you do go out there, um, again, I don't want to avoid it. I just want to tell everybody it is a must to carry a spud bar. It is a must to carry something like the Jiffy Scout. Um, just make sure that you are testing the ice literally almost before every step just to make sure everybody is safe. Uh, again, I know everybody is chomping at the bit. We're late on the ice. Uh, so, again, that's kind of that front-range ice uh, as far as what's there. And then if you start moving in the mountains, uh, obviously things are looking a lot better. South Park was able to freeze up very well before we had that snow. So, of all the mountain fisheries, South Park's looking very strong. And Carroll has great ice, does have some snow on it, but it has great ice. The entire lake is fishable. We're seeing some good fish there. And 11 Mile is fishing very well. Um, we got good ice across the entire body of water. We're seeing rainbows, browns. We're seeing a lot of pike. We're even seeing kokanee salmon. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the better years of salmon, and they've been really gathering up good at 11 Mile. So we're excited about that. Um, and I would say the biggest thing with 11 mile every year, you kind of know if you know 11 mile, it's kind of a hit or miss fishery. I mean, it's always producing fish, but some years it just flat out fishes better than others. Um, and so far this winter, 11 mile really seems to be fishing. Well, there's a shallow water bite, a deep water bite, and definitely some big fish coming out. So uh, if you're looking for that, that safer option, good fishing, uh, I definitely encourage anglers to go to South park just to, to have the, the minded ease of some good fishing and some good ice. Yeah, and that you know, I think the first thing I want to reiterate again is what you said about safety. I have a question for you on the front range ice, um, and that's the. Uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say you know we always talk so much about first ice, right? <laughs> yep. And the front range ice came came late, and the fish weren't molested, so there might have been a little more movement of the fish since people were out fishing. But the fish really haven't been bothered out on the lake for a long time. If we get good ice, are you going to approach it any different or approach it like normal first ice? Uh, we're approaching it just slightly different. Since we are later, we always say that our like our walleye bite, the fish tend to go in kind of a what we call a mid zone. So they're kind of in like that that 12 to 16 foot of water. And then in midwinter, which is like mid January to late January, they slide just slightly deeper, five, six, eight foot, just slightly deeper. And then they obviously go extremely shallow as we get into, you know, later February in a pre-spawn situation. So now that we're just getting on the ice now, we're finding them kind of in that midwinter pattern, even though the, the ice cap is fairly fresh temperature and just kind of the, the evolution of the season uh, has pushed them this slightly deeper. So we're just seeing the fish just slightly deeper than a normal early ice uh, pattern that we normally find in December. Uh, but the techniques have been the same. We're catching them on jigging wraps, blades, working the entire water column, and we're seeing some really good fish. But we are just starting these fish just a hair deeper uh, than normal as far as that is kind of concerned. The last question, Nate. I know you have a tournament coming up at Blue Mesa. Have you been there? What's going on at that part of the country? Absolutely, Terry. We are so excited about it. I've been there actually multiple times this week. Uh, this will kind of just be a, a true public service announcement about Blue Mesa. So we are hosting the event at Elk Creek. This has been kind of a touchy subject this week, Terry, because you know how ice is. If you literally walk down the concrete ramp at the Elk Creek boat ramp, the ice is divided literally in the dead center of the concrete ramp. You could not plan it better. Uh, so if you walk right down the ramp and if you go to your right, which is to the west, 
you are on brand new ice, and that ice is only an inch and a half to maybe two and a half inches thick. It is not good to walk on. It's not good to fish on, and you definitely cannot take machines on it. If you go down that ramp and you go to your left, which is going to be kind of going more towards that northeast, uh, kind of towards back towards Gunnison, you are on anywhere between 8 and 11 inches of ice, and that's actually where the ice addiction event is going to be held. So we've had a lot of rumors, people saying, hey, we went to Elk Creek, and the ice is terrible. Um, again, it's all a directional thing. If you go to, to the brand new ice, it is correct. The ice is not good. If you go the other direction, the ice is great. Um, so as far as the, the ice addiction event, we are set up. We're excited about it. Uh, the event is a go. Uh, but again, it's just kind of one of those things that we've heard a lot of rumors about ice where the event is actually going to be held. We are on good ice. Um, and even with that, even if conditions change, we have a backup plan. Kind of, We always have a plan B, and that is moving the, the event even further um, up the lake, actually to the Willow Creek day use area. So either way, just to kind of announce that, Blue Mesa is good. We don't see any reason to even have to move that location about a, a half mile down. But right now, everything is good. But use caution. People assume that everything is good. I mean, the ice looks the same, and there's very much a divider line of new ice and old ice. So use caution. But fishing's good. There's about 40 ice shacks set up on Elk Creek this morning, pre-fishing for the tournament. Uh, and things are looking great. So we're excited about it. All right, my friend. We are out of time. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things before I let you go. Absolutely. You know, the biggest thing is check out Colorado Cabin Adventures. Like them on their Facebook page. Again, they are bringing you the $7,500 cash. And obviously, tickets for ice addiction are on sale. Go to our website. The sooner you sign up, the sooner you get on the ice. It's available for all of our tickets. And we know we've had a lot of people holding off on the Blue Mesa event or other events worrying about ice. Uh, I can assure you we are good as of now. And we have a backup plan if things change. So no matter what, we are good to go. So grab those tickets and we'll see you on the ice next weekend. All right. We'll talk to you next week back on the fan my friend thank you thanks sir nate Zelinsky, always a great uh, great resource we're gonna take a quick time out when we come back colorado state parks is gonna join us on terry wickstrom outdoors on 1600 espn you're just a tear in my eyes each night i cry myself to sleep you're just a memory of a love i somehow all right, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. We are presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. And by the way, that bumper music you're hearing today are cuts out of my new EP slash album that's up streaming on all the main all the main services, Spotify, Apple Music, Pan, uh, Pandora. It's everywhere. And if you hear something you like, go check it out. All you got to do is um, just search Wickstrom and Dobrith on those services and it'll come up and we appreciate any support. Let's go to the phones and joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day. Winter didn't want to come at all, Michelle, and then it doesn't want to go away. So... (laughs) Well, it just got here, Terry. Well, I've been shoveling snow too much. I'm getting I'm getting real spoiled in my old age. But no, seriously, a lot of pent up demand for outdoor winter activities, and we're going to get some warm weather. But the nights are going to stay cold, so I think we're going to be headed into some great winter activity. As you well know, managing Bar Lake, people don't stay home in the cold weather anymore. They get outside. So, what's going on at Bar Lake? First, what are the ice conditions? Any ice? Yeah, we do have ice, and we had our first ice fisherman this last Thursday, and the ice is about four inches, so it's 
right at that level where we're starting to get a few ice fishermen. And we have a couple more out there today. So, you know, we just want to um, say we recently capped over, um, you know, Thursday when I talked to the ice fishermen, it was four inches. Um, so we always say that ice isn't safe. So please be careful. Take out a buddy um, and, you know, be safe when you're out on the ice anywhere, especially on the front range park. Yeah, we always say there is no such thing as safe ice, but ice fishing can be incredibly safe if you use common sense. And Bar Lake, if we get enough ice cap, the nights are cold. I think you'll continue to make ice even though we're going to be a little warmer. And I know I please check it and you know make sure you're checking the ice as you go. But you have a number of species people can chase through the ice, don't you? Yeah, so there's trout, walleye, perch, um, bass. So, you know, we have a, a wide variety of species. And, you know, on our great winter days in Colorado, when it's, you know, in the 40s and 50s, it's a great time to try out ice fishing. It really is. And you get pretty heavily stocked with trout, too, don't you? We do. And that'd yes. be a great time to come out. You know, you've got the panfish, you've got walleyes. But if you just want to catch fish, Bar Lake is so close. You could get out there if the ice is good. And you probably don't have to go out very far from shore because the trout tend to cruise a little shallower and probably just have a great time catching stock trout. Uh, so the ice is just going to continue to get better and better, we hope. What other activities do you have at the park? You know, so the wintertime is a great time of year to come out and see our wintering bald eagles. That's what... You know, Bar Lake is known for our birding. It's called Bar Lake the bed and breakfast for birds. So um, the bald eagles will winter here. They won't start to nest. Their nesting pair won't start to nest till mid-February. So right now we're, we're hovering about 40 to 45 bald eagles that you can see, whether they're adults or juveniles. And they're kind of hanging out in the southwest corner of our park. Um, you know, we winter fill, so we're filling. We're fed from the South Platte River. Um, so there is some open water down in the southwest corner of the lake. So they like to sit on the edge of the ice and fish. Yeah, there aren't they a majestic creature to watch? And just think, it wasn't that long ago that they were in such trouble, and now now you can see just numbers of them, like Bar Lake. Yeah, I, sometimes you get upwards of a hundred of them out there. You always have good numbers wintering there, and just to walk out on a crisp day, go for a walk on one of your trails, and see those birds is just incredible, Michelle. It is, you know, and we have a a bird walk scheduled next Saturday, the 15th at 9 a.m., and it's a great time to go out with our long-time volunteers, Ira and Tammy. They're wonderful birders. They can take you out, and, and they'll point you in the right direction. So you can find out about all of our programs on our website or our Facebook page. Now, during the winter, do you keep your archery open? We do. You know, we actually have an archery class tomorrow at 11 a.m., um, and we are offering archery, beginning archery once a month. And so our um, standing range was open year-round. And this year, um, because we have a new elevated platform at our 3D range, the first two stations in our 3D range are open. Um, And so you can come out, try the standing range, and then go to our 3D range, and we still have two stations open there. And Bar Lake is a day-use park. Tell people where it's located. We kind of neglected that. Oh, yeah. So Bar Lake is in Brighton, Colorado. We're off of I-76 in Bromley, so we're 25 minutes east of Denver. So we're a quick day trip. You can come here. Um, you can go on a hike. You can go fishing. You can go to our wonderful nature center that has lots of exhibits. Um, we do have waterfowl hunting, so we're still in that season right now. We only hunt on Wednesday and Saturdays. But it's just a, a great um, day trip park, and you can come out and enjoy 
a lot of outdoor activity. Well, speaking of waterfall, Brad Peterson's going to join us in the second hour and give us an update. And he said mm-hmm. the cold weather up north is finally pushing the mallards down. So we're starting to really see some activity. And as far as geese, he said, you almost got to shoo them out of the blind. There's so many geese. So the next few weeks are going to present some tremendous waterfall opportunities. I believe we have duck season through the end of the month and and goose way into February. So it's a great time to be out waterfall hunting. I want to switch gears on you, Michelle, because also this is a very special year for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Tell us about that. Yeah, so in 2022, it's going to be a big one for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. It represents our 125th anniversary of the first state agency created to conserve wildlife in Colorado. So what are you going to, are you going to do, will there be special events at the parks? Will there be special recognition? What's Parks and Wildlife going to do to keep people aware and maybe take advantage of the celebration? Yeah, so the 125th anniversary, to quote our director, um, Director Dan Prinzo, it's an opportunity to shine our um, spotlight on Colorado Parks and Wildlife, wildlife resources of the state and providing quality parks. So, you know, we're going to be telling stories on our Colorado Outdoor blog, in our magazines. We're going to have videos. It'll be on our Facebook, our website. We're going to really be talking about our history. There's a lot of new people in Colorado, and we really want to tell them our story and why Colorado Parks and Wildlife is important. You know, we want to highlight a few of the great stories, whether it's about our terrestrial and aquatic biologists, because, you know, they're... You know, Parks and Wildlife has been a part of, you know, helping restore endangered species like the black-footed ferret, bald eagles, lynx, peregrine falcons. You know, we really want to tell that story to the Colorado, um, our Colorado visitors, because it's so important what our legacy is. Last thing I want to talk to you about is when you and I were talking during the week, kind of getting ready for today's segment, you were out at the fires in the Lewis Superior Louisville Superior area doing some security work. And I don't think people realize that park rangers are law enforcement. I mean, you go through the training, you qualify with firearms, you're truly law enforcement officials, and you do end up doing a lot of time on other duties like this when there's a tragedy like that, don't you? Well, I think, you know, what Parks and Wildlife, there's wildlife officers, game wardens, park rangers, biologists, you know, we really are um, here to support our community. And it was truly an honor to go and be able to help there and provide security in a, you know, a very devastating um, thing that happened to our state. Well, thank you and all the people at Parks and Wildlife who have pitched in to help out there. I know everybody in the state is worried about those people, and we're all going to pitch in to do everything we can to get things back to normal as quickly as possible. <clears throat> Michelle, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Have a great day, Terry. All right. That's Michelle Siebert from Bar Lake. We're going to take a quick time out. And Austin Parr is going to join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on ESPN 1600. From our heated moments, there grew a tender love. For all that she has given me, thank the stars above. From our heated moments, there grew a tender love. She has given me. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. 
Normally you can catch us from 9 to 11 over on the fan. We're moved over here for the Broncos game. We get to come and join our friends at ESPN a few times a year when there's uh, programming conflicts. By the way, the bumper music you're hearing today is from my new album slash EP. If you like what you hear, just search Wickstrom and Dobreth on your favorite streaming service, and it's out there for everybody, and we hope you'll like it. And if you do, share it. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite resources, he really keeps track of the fishing in this part of the country, and that's Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no no problem at all. Uh, we've been talking off and on a little bit. We talked a little bit about Grand Lake and Mesa, a little bit about 11 Mile, but, you know, we got some ice forming. We just had Bar Lake on. They have a few people venturing out. Uh, we're going to get some warm weather, but the nights are extremely cold. I want to talk about other fishing with you, but we got to touch on the ice fishing first. We want people to get out there. We want them to enjoy it, but we want them to do it safely. So what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, the metro ice right now, if if you're finding good ice, it's just barely good uh, from what I've been hearing. I mean, I'm hearing four inches in, in some areas at Chatfield, but a lot of it is going to be under three. Heard of two people going in at Bear Creek. Uh, yesterday, uh, and then the ice I was hearing was in the neighborhood of two and a half to three inches. Uh, Boyd has been a little bit sketchy up north, uh, so it's it, it's it's almost there, uh, but not quite in in my personal opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I, you and I talked about this. You and I, you and I, and Nate, all of us that are on the show talked about this with the late winter we got. Now we've got had some mountain mountain ice that's been fishable, but the front range really winter didn't show up till New Year's Eve. And we're going to have some on-again, off-again. And there's a huge pent-up demand. People want to get out without having to make a drive. There's people that just make a few ice fishing trips. And the last thing we want them to do is to do it carelessly because they're so excited to get out there. Absolutely. And that's the challenge that you have on the front range is that it seems cold. Okay, it got to zero degrees overnight. It seems like it's there, but when you compare how the mountains go as well it takes multiple days of that to really get it good so it uh it's certainly something where people are out and they're catching some fish but one thing i can't stress enough is the fact that just because someone else is out there do not count on the fact that that is safe ice there are some people that push it way harder than others so make sure to have a spud bar in your hand work your way through hit that ice nice and hard and and make sure that you're good on really every step that you go out there and and in my opinion a life jacket over your shoulders is important as well uh you know when you said i was going to bring up spud bar if you didn't because to me that is the number one tool right now if you have nothing else take a spud bar and don't take six steps check like you said check almost every step and you can even make your hole in that thin ice with that spud bar so you don't even need to take an auger with and you know a life jacket, or there's so many now good flotation suits out there, too. Absolutely. And those float suits, although not U.S. Coast Guard approved, really do offer a life-saving additional amount of flotation to pull you back up. And then if you have some spikes around your neck, uh, you're able to get out a lot easier. And, and it sounds like you know, you're kind of beating a dead horse sometimes. We talk about this every single year with ice safety, but people go through every single year, and it can throw your body into shock, and I just can't stress it enough to make sure to to be safe and maybe for the next couple of days until we can get another little cold snap here or or build some ice at night as you mentioned maybe slip up to the mountains places like evergreen are holding decent ice right now and that's certainly not very far away uh they're holding over eight inches of ice and then georgetown and, and clear lake are also doing quite well with very thick ice all right what are some of the other opportunities you've heard of ice wise whether it's mountains or lower elevation 
Yeah, so up into the hills, certainly we're seeing ice in most places right now. Granby is right on the cusp of, of being fishable right now. One thing to certainly mention is any of those bigger bodies of water are experiencing quite a bit of slush already this year, particularly in lakes that have had thin amount of ice with a lot of snow on top of it pushing that ice down. Uh, so that's creating that uh, water level, so if you're, or water layer underneath the snow, you're heading up to those type, type of places like Steamboat or, or Granby or Williamsport, pretty important to go and have a really good solid pair of waterproof boots to to get up there but people are doing really well at steamboat Uh, the fishing has been fantastic on small tube jigs and rat binkies really big nice fish at steamboat stagecoach is also doing good i heard that that's at seven inches at the moment Uh, a little bit less slush at stagecoach than we've been seeing in other places just with it being down in the bottom of the valley and receiving less snow but that's been very good. And then 11 Mile has been taking a lot of pressure, but I've been hearing the pike fishing has been very productive up there and still some nice trout. One thing that we've been finding is getting away from the main marina area gets you into the bigger fish. Uh, if you want to catch just a lot of fish or if you have some kids that need to need to get some good production, right near that main north marina area, uh, there's a lot of stalkers that are holding in there, so it can be really fast action. But spreading out on more of the southern side of the lake can be effective, and a lot of times I like to get away from the main parking areas like Sucker Cove or Witchers and walk a little ways and, and spread around away from the people to get some less pressured fish. You know, one of the things I want to, you mentioned a lot of different places, and a number of these places will allow snowmobile and ATVs with the slush we're seeing and the uneven ice I think I'd wait a little while before I would take a machine out on most lakes too especially an ATV but yes uh, I'm not seeing a lot of areas that I would feel overly confident on running a snowmobile aside from maybe steamboat but then the slush has been pretty pretty bad up there so if you're doing that certainly uh, have a means of getting one unstuck uh, with maybe a secondary machine to go up there with you as well now have you heard anything about North Park it's been fishing uh, kind of an on-again, off-again type situation. I heard that Cowdery was doing very well. Uh, a lot of smaller fish, but very good numbers. There's a lot of snow up there right now uh, from multiple reports I've been hearing. So if you're driving around some of those lakes, uh, a lot of the roads are inaccessible uh, around, like, for instance, the west side of South Delaney as of last week. Uh, but the Delaney Buttes have been doing decent. Uh, small gulp minnows can be good, and as long as you're above an inch and a half, you can fish scented baits at that gold metal water. So I really like a two-and-a-half-inch gulp minnow or a, a small trout traps unscented tube can be effective. Lake John uh, has been decent. Uh, some big fish being caught, the numbers haven't been overly fantastic, but the gulp minnows have been definitely doing best up there with the amount of fatheads and sticklebacks that are naturally in that lake as a food source. And then a lot of times I'm jigging something like that. And then as we mentioned over the years, a small dead stick rod sitting right next to me is super effective and uh, little tube jigs and especially rat finkies tipped with mealworms and waxworms are some of my favorites. Now, I want to change things up on you a little bit. And we know that there's a pent-up demand to get out fishing. We're seeing ice fishermen maybe take some risks they shouldn't or maybe not want to make the drive to the better ice and not getting out. But if you really want to get out, there are open water and our tailwater opportunities, aren't there? There really are. And the tailwaters remain fishable throughout the entire season. And just as uh, if anyone's unfamiliar, a tailwater is defined as a river that's flowing below a dam, in particular a bottom-release dam, which holds uh, consistent temperature throughout the year. And you'll have sections 
of open water for multiple miles below those dams. Uh, places like Waterton Canyon, that's one of my favorites that's close to town, can be very effective. One thing about Waterton Canyon, however, is that the lower section will freeze. Getting up above the Marston Diversion uh, is the really necessary place to get into any kind of fishable water. But up there has been very good with a lead San Juan worm on the fly and then trailing small betis like a juju betis or then even a midge like a, a bars. Um, uh, some of the, the midge bombs can be really effective or then excuse me, the Craven's poison tongues can be also a good choice in some of the, the purple colors. Uh, Decker's certainly another option that can be a very effective tailwater. And, and one thing to mention about Decker's is that it does take a lot of pressure throughout the entire season. So a weekend might not be the best day to hit that. The weekdays are definitely better, but micro leeches with the same trailing small flies behind uh, top secret midges from Pat Dorsey, as well as Mercury Betas have both been effective up there. And then up toward your neck of the woods, the Big Thompson is one of my favorites in the wintertime, and you can have fantastic fishing underneath that dam with truly remarkable numbers of fish in each one of those holes. Well, I have had the best fishing of my life on the Big T in the middle of winter. I remember one February, it had been 20 below the Saturday before, and we were actually going to film a television show, and it was 20 below was just too hard on the equipment, so we didn't go. The next weekend, it was up to like 35, 40 degrees, and we went up within, I'd say, the top six miles where it comes out of the dam at Estes Lake. And exactly what you said, we would find these fish gathered in pods, big holes, down in these slower, slack holes. I could stand behind them, cast upstream, drift a nymph through those, and even if I caught a fish, it didn't spook. There were so many of them, so much activity, they didn't even notice. I probably could have spent the whole day in one spot, except I wanted to make different casts and go different places. Definitely, and and you can see that on a lot of these different tailwaters, places like the South Boulder Creek below Gross, although that can have low flows, those fish will concentrate up there, and you'll have open water to fish. Uh, you can do uh, the Blue River, and Dillon can be good, and then some of your your kind of the, the high-end fisheries, if you want to say, the, the famous ones like the frying pan below Rudai or the Taylor below Taylor Park Reservoir, both offer the same type of opportunities. And uh, the Blue River, the frying pan, and the Taylor are all a micey shrimp fisheries. So the, the main lake itself has micey shrimp that then come through the dam to, to create an incredible food source for those trout and grow them to immense sizes. So lead micey shrimp with trailing betas are some of my favorites up there. And they can offer great fishing in places like Taylor Park that uh, are a long ways away and take a drive all the way down from, from Gunnison to really be able to get in there easily. Uh, with Cottonwood Pass being closed, uh, you can get really good fishing without a ton of crowds. So it's um, potentially a destination trip. And then a place like that can be cool if you want to ice fish and fish a tailwater on the same trip because you are right there with both. Another place that's, I know, a favorite of both of ours, and that's the Arkansas below the Pueblo Dam. Absolutely. That particular stretch is very unique in the state for the fact that it's a front-range tailwater that's managed as truly a trophy trout fishery. Uh, the state does a fantastic job in there, and, and with how the nutrients come out of that particular dam at Pueblo, uh, it creates a very fertile fishery with very high-quality rainbows and browns uh, with spectacular colors down there. In the wintertime as well, on warmer days, there's great hatches that come off, and you can get dry fly days right in the middle of the wintertime. So a small little parachute atoms or extended body bluing olive with a trailing RS2 are some of my favorites and uh but we we've, i've been talking fly fishing a lot but these same particular tailwaters can do great with spinning rods as well so small jerk baits or especially jigs like our friend troy coburn does a lot with uh can be very effective 
And you, down, down at Pueblo, the, the temperatures are, are nice throughout the entire year for the most part down there. And in the wintertime, you can get temperatures up to the 60s and have fishing for multiple miles on high-quality groomed trout water. So if you're looking for a spot that's a bit warmer uh, and, and really high-quality fishing, that's a great one. We're almost out of time, but I want to back go back a minute. You said the Big Thompson. When I fish tailwaters like that where ice does build up and you're looking for that fishable water, and it's very slow moving at times. I tend to use nymphs, but I get rid of the split shot and use tungsten flies to get my my presentation down. I couldn't agree more. And then if you're fishing with a strike indicator, I like to go more of a camouflaged auction, like a white or a clear indicator. And uh, definitely small fluorocarbon tippets. So fluorocarbon disappears underneath the water or refracts light the same way that water does. So it's much uh, lower profile and gives you a lot better opportunity. And a lot of times 6X and or even 7X at times can be required to get those fish to go. All right, my friend, we're out of time. But if people want more information or stop by, tell them where you're located. I'm a discount fishing tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right. Always great information, Austin. Uh, Just always appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, Terry. I appreciate it. You bet. That's Austin Parr, Discount Fishing Tackle. A tremendous resource. Stop in and say hi if you're driving down Santa Fe. He's just a great guy. Great store, too. So stop in and see him. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, um, well, first, when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the scouting that I did myself yesterday and a lot more about what's coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPN. If you're stranded all alone, you can count on me to get you home. I'll be your shelter in the storm. Count on me to put my arms around you. Count on me. Another cut from my EP slash album that's out on streaming. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. Um, But right now we are talking a lot of ice fishing. We just got done talking a lot of open water fishing with Austin Parr. You know, there's going to be tremendous fly fishing, especially this year with the warmer weather we've had all throughout the state. Don't put those long rods away. Get out there. I did go checking, and up in northern Colorado, we actually had... A little colder weather than you're having down here in the metro area. Uh, we we have a lot more snow on the ground. So what's happening, our days aren't getting as warm. It hasn't gotten out of the 30s the last couple of days, and the nights have been very cold, and we're going to get a couple more cold nights. So we are making maybe a little bit more ice up there. Uh, Brad Peterson is going to join us next hour. He's going to talk waterfall, and we'll talk some more about it. But I went and did some driving around yesterday, went up to Douglas Lake, uh, which there was probably about six or eight uh, different ice fishermen anglers out there. Didn't get to talk to anybody about the thickness of the ice, but they were spread out pretty good. It's a smaller body of water. It should freeze better. But please, on any of these, I haven't really checked the ice. Check as you go. Went out by Lawn Hagler Reservoir. And there were a few people out there, too, spread around the lake. And I didn't get to talk to anybody that had really checked the ice yet. But it should get better, even with these next couple warm days. We got some cold nights. And there wasn't a lot of snow on the ice in those locations. So we should make some more ice up there. And Boyd Lake, there were a lot of people in the marina area and just out from the boat landing. So we'll talk more to Brad. He might have some updates, and we'll talk more about that. Also, if you're new to ice fishing, go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, 
And on my YouTube channel, there's probably a dozen ice fishing shows that were filmed right here in Colorado. And they'll give you some places, some basic techniques, some things that you can get started with to help you be successful. So take advantage of that. And also follow us on Facebook. When I get out, um, we'll do podcasts from the show. When I get out, we'll do reports. If we have good, viable information, we'll post it on our Facebook page, which is Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, right now... I've been talking about the music you've been hearing as the bumpers. Myself and uh, Hall of Fame musician Mark Dobrith released an EP, which is a, a collection of songs, probably a little smaller than the album. There's four songs on it. They're kind of country folk music. I don't know what kind of music you're listening to, but they're on all the streaming services. We just released them last week. So the bumpers in this show that you've heard so far have been cuts out of that album slash EP. If you want to listen to those on your favorite streaming service, you can just go to your favorite service and and just search Wickstrom and Dobreth, and they'll come up. Or you can go to my Facebook page, the best um, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, our Facebook page, and I temporarily put a post up there with links to Spotify, Apple Music, and things like that on the Facebook page so that you can go. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd listen to them. If you don't like them, that's fine. If you love them, share them with somebody. If you want to give us some feedback, uh, Karen will be building uh, social media pages for our music entity over the next uh, week or two. So we'll have that up and we'll post it. But in the meantime, you guys get a sneak preview and what we think is some pretty good music. We worked on it for a couple of years, about a year and a half. I wrote the songs. We do both the instruments and vocals on it, and we're just kind of proud of it. So if you go to uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and go to the Facebook page, you'll see a post uh, that will take you to the full versions of the songs and the album of the bumper music we're using today. Anyway, Get out fishing. We're going to talk some more. Coming up the next hour, we're going to start out talking waterfall hunting. So we're going to talk some waterfall. And then we're going to talk about the upcoming boat show that's coming up next weekend. And then Colorado Clays is going to join us. If you heard, they were sold. Parks and Wildlife bought them. How is that going to change one of our favorite locations, Colorado Clays? They're going to join and tell us, and we'll have more ice fishing reports. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN.